Hi, I'm Cliff. And I'm Susan. And welcome to the Cliff and Susan podcast. You guys, we are on 14 of 365, right? Is that right? Am yeah, I right? It's Monday. 14. And we're excited to have a guest today. And the, the focus, the title, or the question we're going to ask is, what is the future of virtual events with an emphasis on fundraising? And um, before we get started, I want to just make sure you guys know you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. TikTok, all of the things at Cliff and Susan. And we love it when you call in on Anchor and you can um, actually send us a voice message and you can ask a question with that we might feature on a future episode. And you can also reach us at 501-456-4114. Join our text list and you can ask us questions there. You can ask us questions on our DMs. We are an open book. We love sharing. We love learning. And with that sentiment, I want to talk about Clubhouse and how I met Christian David Jr. of Breadsticks Records, who is our guest today. Let's go ahead and bring him in. How are you? Are you there, Christian? Hey. Hey, hey. Welcome. How are you today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, spent this morning on Clubhouse like we were just talking. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm just having a lot of fun on it while meeting up with a lot of cool people. Yeah. So um, you guys, we I met um, Christian on Clubhouse in some rooms that were, you know, all of these great rooms that are happening out there and we're all learning and it's just built on connection and helping and sharing, right? It's just these authentic conversations going on real time with experts yeah. and people trying to learn and it's just in, in a in an essence of giving back and I just love that about it. And so I heard you talk about you were on stage with a big group and um, some super heavyweights and I heard you mention I'm doing uh, an event that's built on fundraising for a cause and I just hit you up in your DMs and you said hit me up in your DMs if you're interested and a lot of you know that I Cliff and I have produced our second year festival went completely virtual for a cause and we went 100% for proceeds went to our nonprofit and I that resonated with me Christian when you said that and I just wanted to connect with you and see if there was a fit and then you sent me some information and so I'd love for you to tell us I'm really impressed with what you're doing the format it's different it's like no other thing that I've seen online where music meets this interesting layout so kind of give us an idea of you know who you are your your company breadstick records and where you're going with this online event well i'm from the suburbs of philadelphia uh spent my entire life playing music uh making music kind of a hobby but i treated it as a job with my education yes uh so i would spend a lot of time like watching youtube videos on licensing and marketing uh and reading a lot of books on marketing and music business uh, but still having just fun with the, the hobby. Uh, I'm 30 now, and I recently started to uh, do a do a certification course for from NYU for music uh, music industry essentials. Awesome. And that's how how I got started with this. We uh, the the great thing about this is that I, about doing the course is we are uh, meeting in a Facebook group. There's a little bit of a of a background. Uh, I can hear myself talk. Is it possible to turn that down a little bit? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, so we were meeting in this Facebook group, and it was actually my co-founder, Jacob Cobley, who was the one that uh, decided to start a, a record label in the group. Um, I didn't have the idea of doing this, using it for that. I just wanted to meet people to 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 network 
but the idea of actually starting a record label with the people there being that we all had some kind of education and and also wanted to wanted to be in the music industry altogether that was his idea i however uh had the idea of how to innovate the music and or the, the innovate a record label seeing that i felt like spotify was doing what record labels used to do and all these guys just wanted to like find a band and put money behind it and i thought that's really cool but how are we gonna market awesome uh, awesome yeah and and that's you know it's no like time like the present to be doing this kind of stuff with an independent artist especially um so yeah that that was really cool to hear that story so then this project came out of that right yeah, so we uh, we decided to work together, met up in this black group, and uh, from there, I kind of just jumped jumped ahead to the to the front of the pack and tried to say like, hey, why don't we work with nonprofits and instead of instead of being just completely a for profit company, be charity aligned, um, and the whole idea behind that was to do like do talent scouting. Uh, reach out to these people and then and then try to try to build relationships and make that the focus of the of all of our efforts is to build relationships instead of having like a lot of money because none of us have a whole bunch of money to play around with but we do have the time and the and the resources to reach out to all these artists compile a whole bunch of information and then have a huge asset a huge intellectual asset rather than you know have like twenty thousand dollar budget. I love um, it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's that's very. I, we come from the same type of situation where you build your network and you, your resources, and then you've got that um, that tribe of people and, and the business model built. So I'm loving that. Yeah, and and we've got you know you and I've talked about the resource of artists we have here in Arkansas in multiple genres. So we're excited for you to share that. But yeah, go ahead and continue with your um, the event that you're doing. Yeah. So. Specifically, what we're doing is we're going to uh, have playlists. I think the the flow of it matters. So it's a playlist first, and not just one playlist, but multiple playlists. We're actually on our second one right now, uh, which people I would love people to check out uh, once they're done with this podcast. Um, But there's a playlist, and then from that playlist, we reach out to all the artists through email, and then we start to build a relationship, and we ask them if they'd be willing to send us back a like vertical vertical video, TikTok style video of them lip syncing over a song. Um, and the reason why we're doing this is that we want to do a charity live stream, like a 12, 24 hour charity live stream where we watch this and it's not just the video on the screen, but we also have multiple hosts and an audience that are listening to the stuff and, and engaging with the content live while while it's being while it's being played um and it takes up part of the screen and and then we also have a ticker with the with the uh with the charity so that people can see you know how much of how close to the goal we are and it becomes this whole like kind of commemorative evergreen content uh where you know we where people can look back and, and say like oh yeah this is the first time i heard of this band or that band and at the same time they're having fun giving back to a charity and you know, it's a way for, for us to promote the music, uh, get some brand awareness for, for Breadstick, uh, but also, like, you know, have, have some fun and, and do a good thing for a charity. 
I love it. And so one of the biggest questions I had, first of all, I just realized that this is a lip sync to your actual track, which is a very cool and creative concept. I love that because artists can become creative and not worry about the audio. It's more about the visual, right? Is that what I'm gathering? Yeah. It's so I, you know, everyone has a music video, but the thing about that is music videos. There's a, such a wide, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wide subject. Like you can do so much with music videos. You can have, you know, music video that's, you know, completely animated, you know, a music video that's like 3D modeling, you have music videos that are, you know, actors, whatever. With a, with a, something like a TikTok video, there's a lot more limitation and restriction. And I actually find that restriction to be beneficial because, you know, it's, there's not as, like I think we talked about this before, there's not as much magic you can do. For the people who can do magic, they're going to, like, they're going to, stand out so awesome so you do you do welcome that or are you kind of leveling the playing field for from a production standpoint to kind of keep it more organic and like you get to see the artist in their organic element singing to this song or you're opening it up to being completely creative but within that vertical video space i think i'm trying to challenge people uh i think i want to challenge people to to you know to have the limitations but you know if you can do if that's the whole point is that I want it to be, you know, an intimate kind of thing where, you know, like the videos are not going to have a whole bunch of uh, video of a whole bunch of production, you know, for most people. Right. So you'll get to see them maybe in their home, in their car, like an, an artist rather than the artist not typically wanting to seem like larger than life. I think that a lot of people are going to seem pretty normal, which I think will be cool. I love that. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah. Some people will hopefully, you know, do something that's very creative. If you remember uh, way back, a band called OK Go, uh, there was a band that was making basically memes for their music videos. Um, yeah, yeah. And I would, yeah, I would love to see that again, kind of again, but like, like uh, something that's a little bit more like uh, sticking to to the to the spirit of doing that, which just like really fun, awesome lip syncing videos that were creative. That is so cool. I want to put you in contact. You may already know Francisco with he curates IG reels. And um, I've been talking to him a lot. And I learned I found him on Clubhouse as well. And he's a wealth of knowledge and loves he's a musician and writer himself. But he also is um, he curates like 2000 videos a day and decides what goes through the, the channels to become viral. But he talks about a lot of this element. There's a lot of similarities. I think there'd be a synergy in what you're doing. So I'll put you in touch with him. And um, of course, we want yeah. to be a part of this. So as an artist, I've already submitted my um my link there uh you had a call to action on your ig but how how can artists and i know we're going to continue to talk about this but how can artists who are interested in this concept get in touch with you or learn about you and and get on your potential well you can do two ways uh you can reach out to us through our email for sure breadstickrecords at gmail.com uh for and you can just get a hold of me that way if you want to just go ahead and do it uh you can find find me personally on ig uh at Christian David Jr. That's the abbreviation Jr. And there's a form in my link to uh, my, my bio. And we use that form for submission. And I'll go straight to a uh, spreadsheet. And we'll have a, maybe by the time you hear this, we'll be on the third one. But if not, then it will be uh, submitted to be put onto the second playlist. And we're doing all different kinds of genres. Uh, indie pop, hip hop. Uh, we haven't had a lot of country yet, but with uh, meeting Susan, we're looking forward to introducing more country artists. Uh, 
but indie pop, hip hop, open to country, open to electronic, just anything that we find. It's less about the genre and more about where you guys are. Like if you're unsigned, we really want to talk to you. If you're really talented, we definitely want to talk to you. If you have low uh, follower count, we're looking about everybody who the relationship makes sense where we can do something for you. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of a, we, we, we want to make sure that that's, that's the value that we're creating, you know? So Christian, when do you think this is going to happen? What, what, what timeline are you thinking? We're going to do our first one by September. Okay. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That gives you plenty of time to curate it. Well, um, I was telling Cliff about this, but I, I would love for you to speak about, um, cause I, we talked about, I don't know if you mind if I mentioned the GDQ that we talked about, but I was trying to figure out how do you integrate this live experience with a vertical video? And my initial thought was IG live or uh, a live TikTok or something, but you said, no, it's going to be, talk about where it's going to be and how, what the, what's going to look like from a visual standpoint. So it's actually like we're going to do it uh, streaming it on you know, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all of the major streaming platforms so you can restream so we can restream to all of them at the same time. Uh, but it's going to be – I really want to use the vertical video because it doesn't take up as much of the screen on most people like a, on a television resolution. Uh, and it gives us space for the audience. Uh, as, I think that what makes – YouTube so great. YouTube or Instagram or even Facebook to that extent. Like, I'm not a huge Facebook fan of Facebook, me personally, but all the other platforms, I think they're great because they have such fantastic uh, engagement tools. Of so course, allowing yeah. People, yeah, allowing people to be engaged with this content and to uh, have the have the, the, the the conversation, the peanut gallery, be just as much of a spectacle as the sh- as the show itself. Um, I think that's really what makes the internet great at this point. Is that you know there's so much engagement and and that can be a that can be a, uh, as much of front and center. Reality, I actually want to have you know the screen be one third, uh, one third be the actual video, and then two thirds be used for the audience host and or the, the charity like the ticker and maybe donations text donations we can have that on the screen have and then have you know we're going to be putting the volume of the music down just so we can allow the audience to talk and i got the inspiration from this from like you said uh gq which is actually a huge inspiration for the whole thing they pretty much uh not gave me the whole idea but gave me the idea that this was possible and what GDQ does is uh, they're called this Games Done Quick, and it's a speedrunning fundraiser that happens four times a year. Uh, and speedrunning is playing a video game really fast. So you play a game that takes you know, 8, 12 hours, whatever, and you play it in like 30, 40 minutes. Uh, and what they do is they, they rent out a hotel, and then they have an audience, and then they have a couch behind the guy who's playing the game. And the couch will be people who are also play the game in the same like uh the same like the same mode that they're playing on so there's different like there's different categories like what they call any percent excuse me any percent or they do a hundred percent so any percent means just finishing the game hundred percent would mean that you do everything in the game right but you still do it as fast as humanly possible and uh they gdq was able to figure out how to do a long format you know, live stream with 
amazing, like they have an amazing overlay where, but the overlay is mostly like they're talking about giveaways. They talk about, uh, they, they, they have tickers of, of how much money is being raised. They do all kinds of incentives and stuff like that. So if you want to see a different, the, a different like character or personalize the game to what you want, they allow you to, uh, do a certain amount of donations. If you hit certain thresholds, then they, they will add more games to the, to the festival, as I like to call it. Uh, or the, the fundraiser. So yeah, you were, we were talking about unlocking features within that is incentivized by a financial um, level that would be going to your nonprofit, right? Or, or a portion of that would be part of the nonprofit, but it gives them another game. And I, we use the word gamification, but within your event, it would unlock a level to they could have something new and cool in the experience. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So like it's... Uh, I like to use gamification for for the business, and I would like to see it. Like I think it, it should be. It's just a. It just makes sense to give people things to sort of unlock. Like it gives them a reason, a, a motivation to share the stuff. It gives them a motivation to, uh, to you know, tell their friends and maybe go and like motivate them to say like, hey, like no, donate twenty dollars instead of ten dollars. You know, like like we. I want to see Sonic the Hedgehog as a red character. You know what I mean and as silly as that is, but people spend way more money and, and they donate way more just because, you know, for, for silly things. Cause, I know, love it. And it's like thing. on Twitch, cause on Twitch you can do all of those, uh, what is it called? Bits and um, emotes. Yeah, they're called emotes, yeah, emotes, right? And so something like that where you, and we also talked about allowing them to throw text up on the screen for a certain amount that, you know, shout outs and all of that. I'm sure you, it's so exciting to think about all of the options. Yeah, there's a, uh, well, there's a lot of, I think as if you just stay focused on giving as much of your like asset away to the audience, as they obviously, and we talked about being able to moderate that. Being able to moderate that is super important uh, because it has to be an inclusive thing. None, none of this works if it's not inclusive. When it becomes exclusive and like you, you kind of push people out or you like make fun of people and make people feel uncomfortable, it destroys the entire environment. Yeah. So having uh, a moderator on that to make sure that it's approved and all. Yeah, but but with that being said, once you once you figure that part out, giving as much of your you know, not, I guess even the brand away, like giving your brand away to the, the, the moral high road of, of, of what's popular right now, you know, like doing what's the best for everybody, giving that away to them and allowing them, allowing the audience to, you know, kind of shape you is just good for you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to collaborate with, with the crowd. Uh, so I think giving, you know, like it's for you, for your example, well, for your, your situation, for Yada Lou, I, I think I had an idea of, you know, back, the, if you guys have a screen behind the stage, like doing a fan camp kind of thing. And if you're doing with nonprofit, you can even tie it to a donation. Like if people hit a certain uh, threshold for donations, like $20, then they get to have a picture of themselves up on the screen or a short five second video. They can make the video longer depending on how much you want. So like, if someone does a thousand dollars, you can give them thirty seconds, right? And it's yeah, totally. Show. It's almost like a sponsored ad, right? But you just allow it to be a fan experience, or or even a business, I guess. And then you just have that 
that um, process on the back end figured out to where they can do it real time, right? It's not a, it's not something, I guess they could do it beforehand too. You could sell it on the upfront and then you can, while they're there, they interact with it and throw it up and you just make sure the content's good and you put it on your video screen wall. And you can do it as simple as like having somebody on the, on the floor, like videotape them, right? Like you could, you could have somebody do their, uh, do you have somebody receive the donation, right? Then they get a confirmation code code. Then, you know, you have the person go to an area or, or, or maybe your, your video guy shows up and finds them somehow figure that out. Right. 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 Logistically finds the person with the right uh, confirmation code videotapes them, has like a video showing them looking at the, uh, the show, having them like jumping up and down, dancing, having fun. And then that's your way of, of, uh, moderating it right that it's all like they're not taking their own video correct and or, it's the quality is there you've got your good video videographer with the cameras and then they they control the duration the look and feel and yeah i love it and then you could you could do so much with that i mean you could i mean like you said it could be all toward donation so you know raising money for the cause or however you want to do the the back-end business model but it's just another way to increase the experience and, um, you know, and we're talking about a live event right now, but you can apply this from a from home. You could maybe set up some guidelines for them to send in their video and then you control that on whether you throw it up through OBS or whatever your platform is when your virtual events happening. And you can let those little be in a corner and have it have that happening on a virtual event as well. So there's so much creativity. I love that. Um, so talk to me about. um we were talking about the festival and we got off into the conversation about VR, Oculus and, and augmented reality. And we, Cliff and I have been having these conversations and you and I were talking this morning about how it would be cool if you had an app. So let's go the augmented reality, like Pokemon, you know, you yeah, find Pokemon Go, and you unlock all these little yeah. places across the festival grounds with your app. That's got, you see them only on the app. And if most people know what Pokemon Go is, so, you know, you go and you yeah, unlock sorry. them, you find the Pokemon or you find whatever this is across the festival ground release um levels and you find, could re- find the find the artist with low attendance yeah yeah, yeah. like and- i think i think that i think you're talking about like gamification of the actual experience and i think that's just genius yeah uh, i love that yeah, i think it'd be it would be amazing just have almost like a scavenger, a scavenger hunt across our um, field and and where the, our area is laid out. So and you can really build cool. in sponsors, yeah, map it out. Sponsors, sponsors could could own certain areas and then they could activate virtually within your augmented reality space. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, you could even Talk- have augmented reality step and repeats. You know, yeah. you know where everybody takes a selfie, you tag, you yeah. hashtag, throw it up. So I mean, there's the- endless possibilities to do the- with that. The great thing about that is just gives you so many more analytics and the more analytics you have, the more you can target and market better. Uh, I love it. So yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic idea, especially for Yadalu doing a live performance like that. Um, being able to get people to go a certain place, like just think about it. If you can promise an artist that you're going to not just market, but kind of like, like you can, tell them exactly how many more people went to them because of your program or your UI, your user uh, user interface. That's That's, huge. That's just fantastic. Yeah, that's huge because you you might be, people might be able to play for free. I'm I'm sure you get some people to play for free, but like you can just, it's just such a, you can 
say this is a marketing loss for you guys, but you're going to get so many more people and we can show you how many more people and how it's going to work. Uh, and you're talking and, about artists, but I'm talking at not only will the artists benefit, but it's the sponsors that will be able to see and then take that data, maybe depending on how we're able to integrate to, you know, the offset of that. They could have activations where people sign up and in, integrate into their brand and then they get all of that like follow interaction on their socials or whatever. Well, not it is. only that, you could you could go a step further in, in even your vendors that sign up. They can sign up at an extra cost for having a uh, interactive portion to their yeah. event or, or to their um, yeah, business. Love it. And you could, I mean, you could go as far as having everything that they see, like they could give, have signs for directions and where to go, mm-hmm. what, what times people are going yeah. on stage. Um, Gosh, you could basically so just have an empty field and just have everything <laughs> on VR on augmented. And the whole experience is just augmented or, or reality or, or Oculus. Take it VR where you got the yeah, Oculus. Everybody puts think- on a headset. <laughs> And just goes and we were, into this empty we were field. Saying, we were saying that I feel like the VR thing isn't cost effective quite yet because, like, I don't know exactly how much it costs, but I have a, a sort of an idea. And I think that it's pretty expensive to try to create, like, it's going to take a lot of time to do a VR thing. But what you just said, having everything be AR, where it's like the whole festival is AR, and it's just like a big old field. I think that's genius. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that would be such such a cool idea. And I, you know, it's probably expensive right now. It's it's not as widely used, but just like all of these, uh, you know, Wix and Banzoogle, all these websites that have templates. I think that's how it's going to be pretty soon with augmented reality. Mm-hmm. You could you can they're going to have templates where you can build your own thing pretty quickly and and use from templates. So that I, yeah, I, well, I'm talking to a company. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I told I told you this. I'm talking to a company out of Washington, I believe Seattle, and they are um, doing some really cool things with like holograms and oculus and vr but i'd be interested to see if they have something that has augmented reality because i am okay so go with me on this um and this is what by the way if you are listening to this this is happening we have not planned this out we're just having a discussion and this is kind of what happens on clubhouse so if you're wondering what clubhouse is about it's like being a fly on the wall of this conversation and then being able to raise your hand and have an idea and then share that with us and we continue the conversation Well, and even more so there are people that are connected with those industries this is the third time I've spoken with Susan. The first time, actually, this is the second time I've actually spoken with Susan. I think the first time was through the email. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the t- should, I, should I tell that story? Sure, uh, yeah, go ahead. So this, is, this, this is why you need to be on Clubhouse. My first day, I, was on, I think it was my first room, was with Deadmau5, like the EDM artist. So the very first room, I, I, I join in, super long list. And I hear Joel, and I hear a voice I recognize. And I look down to see who it is, and it's Dead Mouse. And I was there, <laughs> yeah, Mouse. yeah. And and that's how I met Susan. So this is my first time, and and like I'm I'm like, oh my god, I have to pitch this to Dead Mouse. Like Dead Mouse has to be part of this. I didn't say he has to be, but I was like, I have to at least try to get to be part of it. So like I was so nervous, but and my my voice was shaking and and all kinds of stuff. And, but it's only, this was only like two or three days ago. And here's the value of Clubhouse that I find is that it's such a fantastic, uh, little one-on-one for public speaking because you're just going to be pitching yourself over it. Like if you have something to pitch, right? Uh, you you have an opportunity to pitch yourself like five times an hour if you're in and out of these groups. Right. Uh, right. So, so I pitched to him and I don't think he really responded, but, but then, you know, but lo and behold, I, I did a good enough job and, and uh, Susan hit my hit my email 
And then we reached out to each other and she followed me and then she jumped in the room that I was doing today, trying to get some, uh, some passive, uh, music submissions using the, using the program and the topic, uh, function. And now we're doing a podcast and I'm going to, and I'm going to do a blog on her talking about, uh, putting together a physical festival and, you know, it's just a fantastic opportunity for marketing and networking. It is so cool. And I, I just like, and that happened within days. Guys, we're not talking, I mean, we're talking legitimate, authentic connections, bringing the world together. I mean, we're all, I mean, I'm in Arkansas and tell us where you are right now. I'm in, I'm in uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. Okay, see, so New Hampshire and Arkansas come together, and we're going to most likely end up with something awesome that comes from this. And so, um, but yeah, so that's how we met. But I want to, okay, go back to this. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. What if we did the AR, the augmented reality, not just on the festival grounds, but leaving, leading up to and create this awesome, bring in the community where people have to Pokemon Go, but it's Yodaloo Go or whatever you call it. And they have, to, they have like a t- couple of well, weeks to do this. I think that would be more, con- more geo-targeted, yeah. geofencing on yeah. that specific, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying you can go and you can drive traffic, real traffic. I mean, like real people into businesses to go get this thing. And maybe you sell tickets to Yodaloo there because you've got the app. And if you go and lock it. they have the, a discount code. Yeah, and they have like a discount that. code if you go and then you drive traffic to your sponsors who have who have um, paid for that, that level on your uh, sponsorship. Right. And then they can go. People are coming in and collecting their little Yodaloo Go, whatever you call it, widget. And on it's an augmented reality thing. But then at the same time, not only they're getting credit, for the scavenger hunt that you've created that might unlock lock some level later they get some merch or some kind of great experience the day of the festival because they collected all the coins but the people the sponsors have the real people in their businesses and then they can you know and that's awesome to me so yeah and i mean you you can and you could you could give away tickets that way like if you do it give the people a long enough time before the the concert you could like give away a vip package right so people could like even tie it to you know, partaking in, in, you know, like buying stuff from some of your vendors, but it'll still be cheaper than the cost of a VIP uh, package. It's so badass. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, and we could. We're, and one yeah. more thing, if I want to bring up, uh, a lot of people think that they heard my idea and they, they uh, when they respond, I, I don't know if I didn't explain it well enough, but they always think that I'm trying to do a nonprofit. And that's actually the exact opposite. I believe, uh, I don't believe, I know for a fact that I can do this, not GDQ, my inspiration. They're not a nonprofit. They get paid to do what they do by the charity itself. Uh, and that's the thing is that people think that if you do kind of charity work, that you have to be a nonprofit. And I think that's, that's the past. I think the, in the future, we're going to see, you know, more companies that are charity aligned, right? They're not like charity. They're not charities themselves. They're just, brands that are aligned with a charity cause of some sort. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. We talked about adjacent. that. Yeah. Well, and, and we had a nonprofit arm or a part we call a nonprofit partner. And that's, so Yadaloo is a for-profit and there are festivals. We talked about this earlier, but I'll go run through that real quick. There are festivals that are nonprofit festivals. So every sponsorship dollar they get to put on their event goes, uh, that, that sponsor can write that off as a hundred percent donation, which is a tax incentive for them. But with a nonprofit um, or with a pro- for-profit festival and you've got a nonprofit arm, you're still doing great things for a 
cause, right? There's a percentage of your ticket sales or your sponsorship dollars, whatever your agreement is with that nonprofit, they get that. And there's a synergy and a symbiotic relationship there, but you still are for profit on the tax side of things. But that becomes a sponsorship dollar is an, a marketing dollar spend for that company, which has its own benefits within their, their business model and their, you know, write-offs within their tax brackets and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you're doing it right. And I think that, um, you know, and then you can, you can always pivot to different nonprofits, you know, as that. So we've done two nonprofits and looking at another one this year. And so that gives us feasibility to go and do a lot of good in different areas as things evolve. Yeah. I, I like that you guys are doing your, uh, a local thing. It's, I, it makes sense for you being a local, like being a, a locational or not a local network. Hey, being a, being a, being yeah, a physical, yeah. uh, a physical event that you should have something that's like localized and, and focused on, on Arkansas, right? That's where you guys are from. Totally. Yeah, totally. And so it's all about giving back to the community with our festival and bringing the community together. And last year we went to our nonprofit was feeding hungry Arkansans during COVID who really needed, you know, the food banks and all, but they would, for every dollar donated during our virtual event, three meals were made. And we had our, our, um, our nonprofit came and did an activation, if you will. It's there on the stage during the virtual event and they show how they put the meals together. And I, it, participated in that process and put on a, a a cook hat and a gown and everything and we did a funny thing but it was cool to educate people on how that dollar went so yeah that's kind of how we went with the community space you know and habitat for humanity was who we benefited the first year but that was specific to this region yeah yeah i i think that i want to work with a few i think the first one we're going to do is going to be feeding america we're not local to anything like i'm from new hampshire uh the co-founder is from Rhode Island, so that's pretty close, same, same region. But our other members are from Nashville, uh, somebody from California. We have somebody, we have two people from uh, Europe, but we haven't been able to integrate them quite yet. We haven't figured out how, how they can how they help out because uh, we're still only an LLC, so or we're going to be an LLC. Yeah, that, we're still early on this. We have tons of work uh, set up for, for release, like playlists and and blogs and and the website and fundraisers and merch and everything ready to go uh but we've only we've only been working at this for like a month and a half maybe two months uh just getting it ready so we finally like i said we've been trying to uh gamify the whole experience i want to get people involved so i was trying to you know gamify even talent scouting that if, if you you know you do 10 if you do uh get 10 uh like put up 10 artists then on, on our spreadsheet, then you get like a half percent equity. I love uh, it. Some, some, yeah, that's some great. Some people are actually, yeah, some people are actually using that. And it, it just really depends on like their different kind of brain type. Some people like a, like a challenge, like a game, and they'll, they'll work hard, not for like the reward, but because there is a reward, you know, if, if that makes sense. I like, yeah, I love it. Well, I want to I want to offer you uh, an just a just I love what you're doing, and I just want to say keep going because it reminds me of when we launched Yodaloo. We were in the beginning of that year. We had a September date as well, and we worked our rear ends off and pulled it off and won some awards. And I think you're on to an awesome idea. And uh, we we were literally I think we incorporated that same year with our LLC. Yep. We were building out trademarks and everything, you know. So we we did that all within like a January to September timeframe, and we, with the help of a lot of great people, um, we were able to 
to, uh, you know, pull that off and do great things. So yeah. And here we are in year three. So I commend you on everything you're doing and I love it. And I think that we've got a lot of synergies going on here. And so let's circle this back. I just want to, you know, make sure that the artists who are hearing this, um, are knowing that this is an awesome opportunity to get some, some, is this, this would be worldwide exposure, really? I mean, the virtual, yeah. yeah. So, um, that once again, tell them how they can find you and submit and where to go on that playlist. Yeah. So what we need right now is we need more followers for our Spotify account. The Spotify account is basically where we're trying to break ground currently. So if you want to check out our curational talent, you know, how, how we're uh, a curatorial talent and see how, see what, what kind of music we're listening to and what we think that you guys should be listening to, just look up Breadstick Records on Spotify or look up specifically the, the title of the of the playlist series called Breadstick Loves. Uh, so we have awesome. Breadstick, Breadstick Loves EP number one. Look for that. Got a bunch of different artists. Uh, I would I would go through the names, but that's the whole the whole point of it is that I don't think you guys know it. So, uh, and we're gonna be reaching out to those guys pretty soon. So they don't even know that that they're on the list quite yet. But go check that out. Uh, see the see the playlist, and if you like it, give us a follow and uh, share it with somebody. Awesome. We will do. I'll have links to all this and I'm going to push this out in a big way because I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about this yeah, episode. Really great stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And it really it's it's an honor to have you here. And I feel like when you nail this this Honestly. year, I'll be like, I interviewed him back in January and this was this big thing happened. And um, so and another thing with uh, any artist, if you're listening, this is any genre. And I think because we are we, we are heavy in country music here in Arkansas with uh, but we have all of them. We have rock and uh, we have we have pop country r&b we have a lot of artists here in arkansas that we can send your way um so make sure that uh you keep a lookout for our arkansas contacts because we're going to send you some really legit awesome guys and gals but um if you're listening to this as an artist make sure you go and uh check out the links that i'm going to put in the episode here and i'm also going to extend if you want to just um if you want to uh, text Breadsticks Records to 501-456-4114, uh, we can also send you the links there, too, if you don't want to have to find this on, uh, if you can't find it, just text us at 501-456-4114, or you can follow us and hit us up in our DMs on the Cliff and Susan Facebook and Instagram page, and uh, we're an open book, as always. Christian, do you have anything left, uh, anything lasting that you want to leave everyone with, or, or um, I guess I'll see you on Clubhouse soon, too, right? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to Cliff and Susan. Thank you so much. Uh, and God bless you guys. Awesome. You guys, we will see you tomorrow. Episode 14. I am excited about this and uh, cannot wait. Thank you so much, Christian, for having uh, your, taking a slice of your day to share with us. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and we'll pleasure. talk at you later. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.